0: Welcome to the Apple of Truth, a weekly podcast where we cover every single episode of Lucifer while exploring potholes and diving deep into all the details you never knew you needed. I'm Vero. And I'm Lena, And we not only share a deep love for the show and its creators, but also for our glorious patrons who enrich our lives on more than one level.
1: Today we're talking about Season 3, Episode 8, Chloe Does Lucifer, which of course is a reference to a porn movie. Is it? It is, and I didn't know either. Because, spoilers, the title in German, very different. It doesn't work in German. Are you gonna tell us about porn movie? I'm gonna... Never... Of okay. Course. Sorry, you just you just like
0: alluded to it, and then you stopped talking. So I'm like, I, yeah. is that is this just like you dropping a bomb and running away?
1: I'm just gonna let it stand like there because apparently, yeah. But the German title is actually Lucinda, which makes sense. And Lucinda, the episode, is about Lucifer is obsessed with a Monopoly piece and severely off his game this week, Linda finally verbalizes her troubles, Amenadiel is a great friend, and Ella is really weird with Charlotte. Yep, that pretty much summons it all. That's why it's my summary! Ta-da!
0: The obsession of the week I've got for uh, this episode is just not a shoe. Yes!
1: I have the same! Not being a shoe!
0: (laughs) At least he didn't lose his shoe, although Chloe did lose her shoe at the end. So,
1: you know. Did she? Yeah. Oh wow, I missed that part. She lost her shoe out of the Monopoly. Well, he took the shoe, so... Yeah, Yeah, she didn't know that. I also have facts and funds for the episode. We have a third-time writer with Julia Fontana who wrote Quit Pro Ho in Season 2, Episode 10, and The Deceptive Little Parasite in Season 2, Episode 15. We have seventh-time return director Louis Milicio. Militio, I'm sorry for butchering the name. He has worked on, like, basically everything. He did The Prince of Darkness, for example. He did The Dress on Fire, Sympathy for the Goddess. He also did The Baby Carrot. So, more friends connection there. Dun, dun, dun
0: that does not give me much confidence no of course it, not
1: yeah, let's go. of course not but still the episode title is said by ella which now marks the first actual season three episode where someone besides lucifer says the title da da And speaking of the title, as I mentioned before, the title is a reference to a porn film. Because in 1978, the porn movie Debbie Does Dallas broke all sorts of porn records. And it spawned many sequels and made the expression X does Y synonymous with wanton sex. And I'm pretty sure it's deliberate and that Chloe is aware of that because her reaction to Ella saying it is, I wouldn't exactly word it that way. That should be it, I think. Cool. So many fun informations in this episode.
0: (laughs) Mainly not related to the episode, which kind of speaks a lot to it, actually. (laughs) But now, previously, on Lucifer is here. Linda is divorced and her ex died. Dan is upset about Mum leaving. Charlotte is just confused. Ella has superpowers and sees that Charlotte isn't Mum. Ames saved Linda, Pierce saved Chloe, and Lucy didn't save anyone, but gave Chloe the most thoughtful gift
1: for her birthday. I love Lucy didn't save anyone. That's very mean and very true. I'm here for it. I actually have a question for the previous yeah. one. Yes. Did they know where they were? gonna place the season two episode inserts because the previous episode was the one with Linda's ex. Which mm-hmm. was originally meant for season two and now placed directly before the season three episode where we deal with his death.
0: I'd say they'd have to, because by this stage, the episodes are done and shot and everything from the season two, but they were done before they started finalizing season three. So they could have easily
1: written it in. So, so this was very smooth. It fits in. Yeah. This was very smooth. I really like the reference with Linda's ex and everything. Let's get into this episode where we hopefully find new things to argue about. Because I instantly have a complaint. Cool. So before we get into the complaining, (laughs) I'm just going to introduce the first song
0: of the episode. It's called Phoenix and it's by J-Boy. And as the phoenix rises from the ashes, Lucifer's and Chloe's relationship seems to
1: be on the up. When did we go from Lucifer doesn't like children and refuses to interact with them on any kind of voluntary base to him lounging on the floor and joining game night? I
0: feel like that when. Very slowly over time with his interaction with Trixie. I don't think he's still... He would be pro-children now. I think he is pro-Trixie. I think he's seen how Trixie interacts with Mace. I think he considers her more of an equal now after the time he spent with her in the In the school. school and in the therapy there, and herself telling, sharing her feelings and Lucifer saying, oh yes, see, I feel, I know how you feel, and acknowledging that is, to me, acknowledgement of her being a human and not just a
1: child. (laughs) I am not convinced, but I'm gonna let it rest. And that is all I have to say for that scene. I just find it extremely cute. So we move on to the second scene, and I'm sorry. My complaining continues. Okay, and before more of the complaining, <laughs> I'm just gonna introduce the <laughs> other song
0: that is playing in the penthouse. You have as... just gotta
1: always stop my complaining with, hey, there's a song.
0: <laughs> Probably, yes. <laughs> so we can then complain together. <laughs> the I think my favorite combination of a name and a band ever. It's A song by the Egyptian lover and it's called Egypt Egypt that makes perfect sense. It's brilliant to just explain the entire scene, don't you think? Oh, totally. Sheds
1: the light on the,
0: the entire conversation.
1: Yes, very much so. But actually, no, because why is Lucifer pretending to have a party? Since when does he care? He never pretended to have a party and he often left his penthouse empty and open and alone. So why now the sudden need to have a pretend party?
0: I feel like before he would leave to have a party elsewhere or he would live his lifestyle of, or his official lifestyle whatever. This time he left to have a small family games night with Chloe and Trixie so he wanted to redirect the attention maybe? So nobody could realize... And being
1: even more obvious that he was doing something in quotation marks wrong?
0: Listen, I have never said that Lucifer behaves logically but I can understand where it is coming from. I think that he feels... That That nobody can know about this secret evening and at home with a board game that he just had. So he felt the need to cover it up by by a fake
1: party. But he didn't feel the need to wash his fucking face before leaving? See, that is something
0: that I did not understand either. I feel like he must have liked having the unicorn on his face because otherwise he would have just washed it away straight away and he would not have walked outside in public with it.
1: It's really well done. Yeah, it is. So that makes me ask, did Chloe do it or is Trixie the of the two.
0: well i wouldn't be surprised if trixie had some kind of a stencil ah
1: right see i have no no experience with face paint the stencil actually makes sense yeah so i have one appreciative remark okay you go ahead deal. You're such an ass. I love it. Boring suits you, brother. And he knows exactly what he's causing with that remark. Of course. Does he really? Yes. Okay. I say it was 100% deliberate and I adore sassy Amenadiel.
0: You have way more trust into Ames's sass abilities than I do because I feel like he was just trying to be nice.
1: He's sassy with Linda later on as well. I feel like this episode gives us a lot of sass, Ames. Eh, okay. Uh, yeah, I, feel, I feel like we watched two different episodes, you and me. Possibly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Today
0: is one of those days.
1: It's been a while though, so it's nice.
0: I have forgotten myself that uh, Lucifer and Ames actually parted not a great ways. Which explains why, and I was kind of upset about that, in the Charlotte episode, Lucifer didn't call deal he just didn't want to talk to him because he was upset with him. And like, I take back all the upset I had about that because... And the, the fact that I expected him to do that because... They were not on speaking terms. Definitely not. And they still are not, at least from Lucifer's point of view.
1: Yeah, he's very salty.
0: Another kind of acute thing that I found about this scene is the fact that Lucifer willingly admits that himself... Chloe and Trixie did karaoke after playing some Monopoly. Yeah. Which I find cute.
1: I have made my feelings very clear on.
0: That. <laughs> so yeah, that is my last note on this scene. So we can move on to with this beautiful cut of Lucifer being told that boring suits him and his face being but hurts over that expression at the crime scene and of course agonizing over that.
1: We very very quickly find that this is gonna be the obsession of this episode because Dan also joins in confirming that Lucifer is not his usual self anymore. I have a question.
0: I find it interesting that Dan doesn't really have an issue with Lucifer spending so much time with Trixie Because I don't feel like Chloe told him beforehand because she had to explain they were playing Monopoly the last night. And I feel like he usually would get very blindsided by that and maybe even upset. And this time he just takes it with a lot of grace, grace and kind of piles on with making fun of Lucifer.
1: I feel that the relationship between Dan and Lucifer has mellowed quite a bit. It has been a while since Lucifer called him Detective Douche or has deliberately antagonized him in an overt way. Dan also has not like been pointing out flaws or anything in Lucifer. And this feels very good-natured fun. Which of course Lucifer's obsessive nature makes it impossible for him to take this in good stride. But that I did not find surprising. That he now has basically accepted that Lucifer is part of Chloe's life and thus is spending time with his daughter as well. Interesting. Okay. Also, I really enjoyed this scene because the vapid roommate is very into Dan with the handsome cop and I'm always here for some Dan appreciation. I was so extremely annoyed by her already. Yes. By her? Yes, but... I did
0: not really pay attention to anything else in that scene. I just wanted to punch her and I was really hoping that she was the killer and it played into my theories the fact that Lucifer is is defending her so greatly at this stage.
1: One of my main issues with this episode is how far off his game Lucifer is because it got repetitive for me quite fast. But I really appreciated the Dan appreciation because let's be honest, he very rarely catches a break. So some rando chick calling him the handsome cop, it's nice. He deserves a slight win once in a while. Uh, Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. But that's all I have, because just like you, I could not stand her.
0: Yeah. Well, now we get to the real fun of the episode. I just got extremely upset about the whole idea of a dating app, the way it is introduced in this episode. I just find it gross and selective, and it supports horrible stereotypes, and I hate it a lot.
1: I actually had flashbacks to the whole wobble stuff. Mm. I mean, of course, Top Meat is way focusing on the exclusive shit and everything. But the whole, oh, this used to be a startup and then they got super big and successful and yaddy yaddy. And now someone seems to be using their product to do bad things. Just gave me wobble callbacks.
0: I did not connect that at all. But yeah, I can see where you're coming
1: from. I love it. I love it. Like we really watched two different episodes this time. It's great. Also this is the first time I complained in my notes that it becomes repetitive. That Lucifer is off his game and is not having his usual effect. It just feels off. Usually he would walk into a room and people would fawn over him. And now suddenly he's not worth a second glance. It's just didn't really
0: feel that way about Lucifer. I had other issues with him, but this was not one of them. Okay. I uh, was extremely upset with the CEO guy and I wanted him <sighs> to die or be arrested or just go away.
1: Even if he hadn't said anything and everything he said was horrible, but even if he hadn't said a word, the simple fact that he had five over life-sized pictures of himself in his office. Yeah,
0: this is after the title Carlos drops. This is literally what I have written down. Excuse me if you have five massive pictures of yourself in your office there is probably something wrong with you. Yes. I personally really enjoyed Lucifer being extremely salty in this scene when the CEO guy starts talking about oh you can never get to my super exclusive client list. I have said that Chloe's gonna join the app in order to get information and I was not that far off.
1: I would have enjoyed it more if she had actually joined
0: Yeah, That would have been so much better, yeah. Yeah, right? And she would she would match with the guy and mm-hmm. go on a date with him and everything. Exactly. I think it would be fun. I would have loved that. We would miss the party and hence my favorite song
1: of the episode, but it would be fun. Maybe this song would have been played somewhere else. So, but anything else for the horrible top meet scene? Nope. Because, as I said, oh, actually I don't think I said it before, but I had issues with this episode parts of it were brilliant but parts of it really drove me up the wall yeah I agree and this next scene is one of the other reasons why I was so unhappy with the episode because to me it feels extremely un-Ella like how Ella behaves I have no reasonable explanation as to why because even though Charlotte messed with Dan's heart. It doesn't fit my perception of Ella to behave the way she does with Charlotte.
0: Yeah, she is so unwilling to help her. It's just very much not Ella-like. It's and abrasive. I don't know if she is afraid of her. I don't know if she just hates her or I don't yeah. know why is that. What is the reason for this? It's just very much not like her to be so negative towards Charlotte. I think normally Ella would take the opportunity to help somebody, especially if If somebody asks for help.
1: That part of the scene really, really grated on me. Mm. Also, regardless
0: the rest of the situation, the way Dan lets himself out of the whole situation is absolutely hilarious.
1: Kevin Alejandro does physical comedy so well when he struggles with the door. It's so good. Like the
0: whole moment. It's like a saving grace of the entire scene. Yes. Like everything that happened up until now has been forgotten just because of the moment where Charlotte is holding the knife and coming <gasps> towards Ella and the way Dan is leaving the The scene.
1: fucking knife! She in this moment is more menacing than mom was the entire season 2. It that was amazing. It was so well done.
0: Yeah, and hilarious because I didn't realize that it was a knife until I saw Ella's face and her reaction to it. And then obviously Charlotte was exactly the same. She's just like I'm I'm just going to I'm trying to hand you the evidence that you drop. why don't you take it? And then she looks down and she sees the knife. It's brilliant.
1: Yeah, so I'm gonna be praising every moment Charlotte is in because boy am I a fangirl now.
0: (laughs) Well, speaking of praise, we go to Linda's office and it's been a while and we get to see Linda struggling with organizing a funeral for her ex-husband which we get to meet. It's the Reese is in pieces person.
1: I'm not reacting. I'm just saying I'm not reacting because people cannot see me not react
0: it's okay i can laugh for both of us and she feels like she's on a verge of a breakdown yes and i gotta appreciate the whole thing with the urns that she asks ames opinion and sometimes this is what all you need you need somebody to say oh i picked this for you to realize, this is why people say that you should flip a coin, and then if you judging by your own reaction, you will know what you did really, really want. So, judging by Ames's reaction, she realizes that she wants the classic urn for the pieces of reese.
1: If you don't have anything else for the scene with Linda and Ames... Mm -mm, I don't think so. Then we can move over into scene seven at the precinct. Mm -hmm. My first note is that obviously the so declared boring that person seems to not be boring at all because she's a mad hacker. And the term always makes me giggle. Because hacking on TV shows is always just so ridiculous.
0: Yeah, I didn't, honestly. I have not paid that much attention to what is actually happening in the scene. Because I, (laughs) as I was gonna start writing down my notes on it, I stopped it. And as it turns out, I stopped the episode right when I saw the Kim's profile. And... Free frame! It's not great. I have written down
1: both of them's profiles. And did you? No, I only did my devils in the details about one word on Forever 29's profile. If you want to know the difference between splooshing and sploshing and why the writers used the wrong one, in my opinion, you have to listen to the bonus. I have written down both of the
0: profiles and I will proceed to read them to you because... Honestly, I don't have experience with online dating. I kind of hate it. I'm a very much like in-person type of a girl.
1: I have a lot of experience with online dating.
0: I personally found both of these profiles extremely bad. So maybe you can offer me some insight. Would that actually work? So first we have Kim. Kim has written, Do you like bad girls? Because I'm bad at pretty much everything, including describing
1: myself. Smiley face. This is... The cliché profile of, like, 60% out there. It's so bad.
0: I see this profile and the only thing I see is, oh, this girl wants to fuck. Yes, exactly. Yeah, but, like, this is not supposed to be our character. Like, she is not supposed to be like that. She's not supposed to be having a profile that only says, I want to fuck because I don't care about what I'm going to write down here. Anyway, likes. 1. Bad horror movies. The worse, the better. Two, karaoke. Three, escape
1: rooms. All the likes, I'm with her. That could be me. So
0: like, you gotta see that this seems to be a smart, fun girl. Yeah. Why does she have such a bad fucking bio? Like, it's... Ugh. Because she's a bad girl and she's bad at writing about herself. <laughs> dislikes one online dating profile writing see two working out three cabbage
1: okay i'm kim
0: (laughs) and i ask why are you writing a dating profile if you hate writing dating profile
1: she had a reason to be on the app
0: Yeah, to stalk out a guy that she saw, like she couldn't just approach him. Yeah. Okay. I fucking hated it. It's just, it's just all of this is so cliche and it's just. Yes, uh, it's very cliche
1: and I love her likes and dislikes. I would use them myself. And you know what, Vero? I'm gonna send you a screenshot of my Tinder profile. Just so you can gauge.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe that's a good thing, yeah. Now I'm gonna proceed to describe Forever 29 profile. And just the name itself. Forever twenty-nine. Really, dude, you are not twenty-nine anymore, and you're trying to pretend that you are. And I hate that. Or like, you know, in your mind. And Jesus. His bio says, We can sleep when we're dead. For now, how about we get this party started? Classic. Yeah. Sex. That's the only reason why he's there. Exactly. Likes. One, ride in waves. Two, feasting on sushi. Three, splooshing. I mean, straightforward, I want to punch you in the face type of a guy.
1: It's important to make clear if you have a must-have this fetish. Oh no, I do not have issues with him
0: writing down splooshing, but riding waves and feasting on sushi, just the way
1: it's worded. He's a surfer douche. He's a surfer douche through and through. Yes. Yes, very much so. Dislikes.
0: One, BS, or formerly known as bullshit. Two, vanity. Three, people who don't know what they want.
1: He knows what he wants. He wants no sleep, all the partying, waves, cold fish, and his fetish.
0: And yet he ends up with Kim because he feels connected to her. Like... <laughs> It's just so contradictive. The entire thing its just it goes against like if he really was looking for a real human connection,
1: then he would not be on a top meet dating app. Also, why
0: would he have anything like that written on his profile in the first place? Because as I said repeatedly, this all screams, I just want to sleep with you and dump you. Yes. And like, I have no issues with that. If you want to do that, do that. But then don't complain that the girl who you're going to meet up with is going to be nothing but her face and her body. And this is why I was so upset with it in the first place. This is dehumanizing people. This is literally just so these people can sleep with somebody who's on their society level? What the fuck? Like, it's douchey, it's elitist, and I hate it.
1: Welcome to a big amount of dating apps. That's kind of the point. Be and it social standing, it. be it subculture, be it whatever. That is kind of kinda a, the point. You're one of the looking many reasons for why I'm not like-minded honest. people. And by definition, you are already exclusionary by that goal. And yes, I know exactly what you mean. But that's online dating. And like you said, that's the reason why you're not doing that. Yep. But I also feel like, If people join certain apps, like don't join Grindr if you're not looking for a hookup.
0: I've written down a quote by Lucifer because I truly believe it's real.
1: Yeah, and I'm gonna have opinions because I know what quote you mean. Okay.
0: Mm, Go. And he says, I'm so good at flipping men, they call me the skillet. And I ask, does he really flip them or are they just closeted?
1: You cannot flip someone because flipping someone would mean to turn them gay and you cannot turn someone gay period and i know this is played for laughs but i'm over this because this is perpetuating a trope that if you're hot enough you're gonna be able to turn someone into a gender they're not into be it the in this case lucifer is able to flip man they supposedly are straight and then they have sex with him it also goes into the direction A lesbian just hasn't met the right guy yet. And so this is something I'm extremely sensitive about. Yes, it is played for fun in this scene. And it actually, it is delivered hilariously. I I laughed when it happened. But you cannot flip someone. In actuality most people are on neither very end of the scale most people lean at least slightly towards the middle and so might not be opposed to give it a try but someone who is entirely hetero or homosexual you will not change them period real talk sorry cool but we get the title drop here right afterwards mm-hmm and this I really really enjoyed because Ella is so enthusiastic in her line delivery when she says Chloe does Lucifer I'm sure she does it deliberately and I love it this really made me happy yeah though I was a bit disappointed when Lucifer goes he's gonna train Chloe that the Why? next scene did not give us the actual training Well, it gave
0: us a hint of it. I actually really, really love the next scene. There's one of my favorite Lucifer gifts out there is from the scene. It's the The one where he turns around (laughs) with the hair flip.
1: It's so good.
0: I think, and this is another kind of a point of what we've talked about in the first scene and him accepting Trixie as a human and somebody he wants to interact with willingly, and that is when he says he needs a drink and instead of actually using the flask that he takes out, he accepts the juice box and he doesn't say anything. He just gives a little look after he tastes it.
1: You actually have a really good point throughout this episode, his interaction with Trixie and and his appreciation of her insight because she instantly knows mom you shouldn't talk about me. Is actually really really consistent how he interacts with her. So I'm actually gonna concede that point of complaint <laughs> for this episode. I got one. Yeah let's see how it goes. But <laughs> no you, you, have, you have a point. Yep yeah, we get the German title drop in this scene with Lucinda. And can I just say Lucinda as female Lucifer? Yes.
0: Yeah, it makes sense because it's not really Lucy Lucy,
1: or, you know, Lucy. I really like it. So I'm there yeah. for it. And we only see the training part... With the dolls, Mm -hmm. which is great. Don't get me wrong. It's great. It's really well done. It's funny. It's wonderful. And then we have the roll switch and he does the hair flip and then we cut away. And I was so angry because I would have loved to see Tom Ellis pretend to be Lucifer, pretend to be Chloe, pretending to be Lucinda. I would have fucking loved this. And I'm so disappointed we didn't get this. Missed opportunity. What we got in the scene. Yes, you are of course absolutely right. What we got was amazing. But I would not be me. If I didn't want more of a great thing. Of course.
0: Now we're gonna move on to the precinct where the most ominous music is playing. As Ella is trying to get away from Charlotte. And Charlotte is stepping up the stairs to get to Ella. And it's just all made me really mad. And it just doesn't feel like Ella. And we talked about it. And yes, I find it very endearing the way Charlotte is really trying to be good. And also, I want to say again, shame on Ella. Because at the very end of the scene, as they hear... The guy tried to catch the lift. Hold the and door. And Charlotte says, you know, I'm not mad at Teresa. And Ella gives her this upset look. Even yes. though she did the exact same thing 15 exactly. seconds ago. Just like, how dare you? Like, this is just... Exactly! Doesn't make any sense. I'm like, so if she,
1: happy you agree with me on this.
0: If she would have just, you know, looked down and pretended she was not there. Or maybe do any, like, an embarrassing look into yeah. her notes or whatever, yeah. it would have sit better with me because she would accept the fact that she realizes that she is not behaving like herself.
1: But judging Charlotte for a behavior that she seconds earlier has displayed herself? Not Ella at all. I said this before, but this is one of my main issues. Yeah, same. And. I don't feel we get a satisfying explanation for this inside this episode. And because it has happened before, I'm gonna say my caveat now. Mm. Maybe it's gonna make sense in a few episodes. And then I'm gonna be okay with it. Because sometimes they like to rile us up. And then they deliver an explanation that is so satisfying that I'm okay with being riled up before. So I'm gonna reserve the judgment at least for a while. Because... The writing has proven in the past that they can do this. So I'm holding out hope that they will once again prove they know what the fuck they're doing. Fingers crossed. Yeah. I mean, sometimes they've also completely dropped the ball, so who knows? Let's go into party time. And I just kept all the party stuff together. So the very first very important thing I have to say is mm-hmm. holy shit, Chloe is hot.
0: Yeah, I have the same note. So like,
1: wow, just... <laughs>
0: Do you think she just took one of her pantsuits and just didn't put anything on underneath it? I have no Kinda idea. It kind of looks like it.
1: But Kinda it's looks fucking like amazing. It looks like suit that
0: she wears later on in the episode. But later on in the episode, she actually has a shirt underneath it. And it's... Really, She looks amazing.
1: I was distracted by how great she looks, I have to confess. So, wow. Also, I really appreciated that she's wearing the necklace. Not for
0: long. I found it absolutely adorable. And like, it says a lot about the relationship when Chloe takes his pocket square and yeah. she... Uses it for herself and he doesn't stop her or he doesn't even get mad at her. Mm. I think it speaks a lot to whatever is happening between them is very strong. And I really like that.
1: Yes. I also like the exchange we get with this because she hands him over the bullet necklace for safekeeping. And it basically in exchange she takes the pocket square. It's, it's an exchange so later on they're gonna exchange it back. And since that didn't happen I was kind of left wanting the rest of this scene I'm gonna refer to you because I hate it. (laughs) So I'm gonna leave it up to you.
0: Okay, I'm just gonna very quickly mention that as she walks into the party we can hear a song in the background called Tonight by LCD Sound System and even though it is not my personal favorite of this band's repertoire, the band is actually one of my most listened to and most favorite bands out there. So I have done my Devils in the Music on them and a little bit on the song itself. So if you want to hear about them and me rambling about how much I love them, you need to go to the bonus episode.
1: And she really rambled on.
0: For the first time ever, I have actually written it down and didn't actually copy anything from any other websites. So I think that speaks a lot to my devotion to this band. Throughout this scene, there is a lot of things that make me mad. And I feel like Chloe just completely ceases to have a functional brain. Yes. And as much as I can understand that they are trying to set her up as she doesn't really know how to
1: flirt, nobody is this bad. And she has proven in the past that she is better than this. Exactly. Remember the party with the yeah. pseudo hip hop boy?
0: Yeah, the whole situation where she pretends to be his fan instead yes! of an infiltrator. It just doesn't really make much of a sense for her to be- behave this way, except for the fact that Lucifer is trying to talk to her on her earpiece. But then again, Lucifer is not saying anything crazy or radical. If he would have asked her to say details about things that she has not- no idea about. No, he's just telling her, you know, to laugh, laugh. And she, honestly, that was just so bad. It made me so uncomfortable watching that.
1: I hate cringe in general and this was really, really bad cringe.
0: I was kind of hoping that it was gonna get better and it just did not. It ju- it got worse. It got worse, and then she takes out the an earpiece, and Lucifer, for some godforsaken reason, decides that it's a great idea to walk into the party and like just reveal that she is undercover in front of other people. This is also not Lucifer like. This is back in season one. Yeah, he's been working with her long enough to know that this is not what you do. He would have at least dragged her away from people to yeah. talk to her. It was just very, very infuriating for me to watch this scene.
1: I actually appreciated one thing at the very end of the scene. And I'm curious if you also caught that or if you just didn't consider it relevant. The end of the scene, he's running away from them. And then he realizes they are just cops and not paparazzi. Mm -hmm. And I mean, speaking of season one, of course paparazzi are worse than cops.
0: Yeah, I just didn't deem that important enough for me. Okay,
1: I appreciated that.
0: I'm just gonna ignore that this scene ever happened. So I'm gonna go directly to the precinct. Yes, please. Let's just pretend that Chloe actually joined the app and went on a date with, matched with Forever 29 and went on a date with him. That's where she arrested him and brought him back for questioning. Perfect.
1: This is now reality.
0: This is, had could accept it. This is, no, it's happened. not just
1: headcanon, This is now actual canon. We changed the episode. Yeah. Perfect.
0: So Forever 29, a.k.a. what's his face? I did not write down his name. Never mind.
1: I don't know. I didn't care. <laughs> did we
0: even find out what his name was? Anyway, Forever 29, first thing that I written down is that he does not look like his profile picture, which I should not be surprised at
1: all. Because Lucifer already mentioned that when they were talking about Kim's profile.
0: Yeah, exactly. It feels like something that is very typical on dating apps. I know that probably a very much high percentage of that is just the cliché. But since we were dealing with two very, very cliché profiles, it does not surprise me at all that he does not look like the same guy.
1: Let's just say, in my experience, and I've went on a lot of online dates, not during this year, obviously, but before COVID, most of the time people actually look like their pictures. So, so
0: it is just a cliché. Yes. And But again, because we are dealing with with the most two most cliché fro- profiles <laughs> in the history of cliché profiles yes <laughs> It does not surprise me whatsoever that this dude seems to be a completely different guy than the random eye picture that looked like this super tanned, blue-eyed, freckles-covered nose and whatever. Yeah, here we are. Him talking about how much he appreciated that Kim was a real person and how they really connected and whatever. Even though his profile seems to be pointing completely different direction.
1: Also, another one of my complaints, I Mm -hmm. mean, many, many times in the past episodes, we've had a certain type of moral in the story. Yeah. Where Lucifer starts out with one obsession and in the end, he realizes that actually it's different. Mm -hmm. It has been quite a long while since we have had it handled this ham-handedly because this is so obvious. Being your true self is much more important than being interested on the internet or for some other people. Superficial shit is not relevant. It's like yes, we get it. So I, I was very um, yeah, I don't remember the word. What's the, the the exasperated? I was very exasperated with this type of storytelling. We go out of the interrogation room. We move away from Lucifer, and we have more Ella hiding from charlotte did you have the same association probably not i have a movie reference in my brain yeah do you Was it jurassic park i have seen that about 15 years ago so with the I kids really... hiding behind the kitchen thingy and the raptors coming in and walking past the kitchen aisle okay <laughs> that was my association <laughs> okay yeah that's fair enough i never
0: actually really loved Jurassic Park so I haven't made the connection because I don't remember it
1: (sighs) oh girl
0: Ella is hiding away and I understand that it's supposed to be funny but this is it wasn't as much as you've mentioned before one of the things that was supposed to be funny and you got really deep with it this just did not land for me at all it was just so unlike Ella and I know we've said it so many times I just had one wish at this stage and that was for Ella to be honest with Charlotte and tell her why she avoiding her and the fact that ella yet again is being the biggest hypocrite in the entire episode by sending charlotte away because she lied even though she's been lying to her since the beginning of this episode like there is exactly barely a moment where ella is direct with charlotte or honest
1: and ella is always honest
0: Exactly. And now she is punishing Charlotte for doing something that she's been doing all along. It's just very upsetting.
1: Yeah. I'm fully with you on board. Made me so angry. Yes. But now we
0: go to the beach. And we get a song as we get to the beach called Ice Wide Open by The Pau Pau.
1: That's actually a really good title for this scene. Yep, because it is. This is one of my favorite scenes, like both this beach scene and the one that comes afterwards. I really enjoyed this. This is part of the reason why deal really worked for me in this episode. I always love Linda, but I have been complaining about her trying to ignore the effect that her experiences had on her and now seeing her completely overcompensating and then verbalizing what is going on that knowing is not making life better on the contrary knowing makes everything worse because she is so focused on just the one thing She is still convinced she's going to hell. And this is the only thing she can focus on. And then in the second beach scene, there's going to be more on this. But now we have this desperation in Linda and the compassion in Amenadiel. And I really, really enjoy the interaction between Linda and Amenadiel. So this is the quality I'm used to. And this is actually, let's be honest, this is the quality I'm demanding of this show. That you are. And so the whole thing between Linda and Amanda deal made me really, really happy. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Oh, I actually wrote down the roommate's name. Oh, did you? Next scene coming up, we have interaction with the roommate. And the roommate's name is Esther.
0: Oh, I just call her the annoying bitch. So that was a good enough
1: name for me. My first note is Esther is a complete fake. Who could have seen that coming?
0: Maybe... And just maybe, hypocrite is the word of the week, because as much as Ella is being a complete hypocrite in her behavior towards Charlotte, the entire Esther situation is being very hypocritical as well, because she is lying and she's pretending to be something that she's not, and then she is shitting on Kim for actually being, like, doing things that Esther is trying to do. It's just, ugh, very
1: annoyed. You are completely right. This is one of those moments where you summarize the episode so much more eloquently than I without meaning to. These are the moments I really love you. Because everyone that we have been complaining about or that is acting out of character is being a hypocrite. Linda Mm -hmm. is being a hypocrite by pretending to care about her ex-husband's death while she actually only cares about her own obsession with dying and Mm -hmm. going to hell. Lucifer is being a hypocrite by pretending to still be only the playboy character who does all the partying and sexy times and yay 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 when actually all he really wants is to spend a nice game night with Chloe and Trixie. Ella is being a hypocrite by avoiding Charlotte, by lying. Calling
0: her out for things that she is doing in front of our very eyes.
1: Charlotte is actually also kind of hypocritical by, I have to pretend to be good, but I'm not actually good, but I don't want to deal with the consequences if I'm not good. So I kind of have to find out how to work with that. And I'm pretty sure if I think about this longer, I'm going to find more more so yeah hypocrite is the word of the game is the word of the week is the whole theme of this fucking episode thank you
0: and it is why it's so infuriating for me personally because this is what i hate so much this is probably one of the things that i hate the most about people is when they're
1: being hypocrites thank you for making it so clear (sighs) Because, just like you said, this is what makes it so grating. Thank you for spelling it out. It makes me feel better a little bit. You have these moments where I'm like, how did I not find the ability to verbalize it? And you go like, yeah, well, everyone's a hypocrite. (laughs) And I'm like, ah, it's so obvious. Yeah. Oh, that's my superpower. Your superpower
0: is recognizing when I actually do that.
1: Yeah, and I shall keep pointing it out because you have done this several times now and I enjoy it very much when you do. And then I look at my notes and I'm like, wow, I failed. <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's right there. Did you actually read your notes? No, I didn't. I only wrote them down. I never read my notes again. <laughs> uh... So, back into the scene. Sorry. (laughs) Back into the scene.
0: Never mind. Yeah, so I'm extremely annoyed with the bitch. We get the revelation that Esther is a fake and that obviously she is exercising and working out and pretending that she's traveling and stuff like that. Another thing that is very important that we get to find out in this scene is that we now know what a very probable murder weapon is and that it's not in the apartment. Yeah, who puts the dumb and dumbbell? That's something that I've written out for a different scene, but it's one of my favorite jokes of this episode. Same Now, as they are leaving Esther's apartment, they have a short conversation by the car. And Lucifer, this is the moment when it got to me and I got super upset. And it just felt like he is regressing so much in this episode by just leaving. We've talked about this. So this is, to me, the most important thing about this little scene. If you are okay with that, we can go
1: back to the beach. We can go back to the beach to the actual good scene to the actual good scene. I have said most of the things that I really enjoyed for the beach already in the previous beach scene. Because Amenadiel is such a great friend. He grounds Linda. He, he basically manages to slow her down. Gets He gets her to pause. Lie down on the sand. And helps her to reach a different perspective. And I really appreciated this. Because Amenadiel in the past episodes has proven to be a great friend to Dan and now he's proving to be a good friend to Linda and I feel the way he interacts with her like the way he asks her questions not just in this scene but also in the two previous scenes that the two of them interacted he has sass without being hurtful in any way so I really like this deal because he's not preachy he's not holier than thou. he's really empathetic and caring and helpful and I like the same. I want more of the amena deal.
0: Sorry, I'm just checking if you're gonna if you have anything else.
1: <laughs> I always have
0: because you just you just kept going. Sorry. <laughs> So for me, this scene is one of uh, my favorite scenes in this entire episode. And not just this entire episode. This is a scene that I distinctly remember from my first watch. As in, I distinctively remember loving this scene when I watched it the first time. And it's been a few years since I've seen it and I still had the memory of this scene. And this is how strong of an impression it made at me. And I think that says quite a lot. The friendship and the whole minute deal being wise and helpful is something that spoke to me really, really deeply. And yes, knowing does suck sometimes, which is something that they refer to in the previous scene a lot. But it does introduce a new question, new things, new ways of looking at things. So we never really know everything. There's always more knowledge to be had. And this is a philosophy that I can get behind. And I really like it. And it's really, really obvious, but it's also something that needs to be said in order for you to accept, to being able to comprehend or accept that. So I saw this. Now I'm going to say something that made me actually slightly upset with this scene. And that is when I saw this. I remember when I was watching this show for the first time, I was still a smoker. And I remember after this episode, I was standing outside of the house with my sister and we were debating this. And I had a strong feeling that they were going to try to cross the line and make them into a couple from this scene. And I said, I would hate that. Because in this moment, I look at them and I see two friends who were looking for connection for real human level connection if i'm gonna
1: authenticity this is the anti-thesis between lucifer's storyline these two people have now reached their authentic selves and while both being their authentic selves they have found their connection
0: and this is why i have issues with
1: forced romans
0: forced romans yeah
1: we go back to the precinct and i only have two remarks about this scene Mm mm-hmm and both are positive. Yeah. Because... Of course, because there's Charlotte in here. Even before Charlotte, I did not see the twist coming that Kim was the boss. I was genuinely surprised by this. Yeah, so, that's good. So yay, you got me, writer. Mm-hmm. That's definitely a point in the plus column. And of course, Charlotte is fucking amazing. I allegedly helped the client and they all look at her. What? I said allegedly?
0: Yeah. That there's a lot so to love good. about Charlotte in this scene. I did ask a question, which later gets answered, as the show does to me. I was wondering how Charlotte got the contract. And thank you. Thank you, episode, for answering that for me. Because I really was
1: wondering. It was one of those things. I just believed her. I I was that naive. I just believed her. She didn't say how she got it, though. Yeah, She pulled some strings, I think she says, and I was just... I think that she said something like she dug real deep
0: and pulled some strings or something. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah, but that doesn't exclude theft. Yep, I agree. The plot twist was surprising to me and it made me very happy because as you remember, I hated Mac from scene one. I really loved the way Charlotte helps out and offers her insights into the criminal mind.
1: (laughs) <laughs> Criminal mind. Yes. I see what you did there, and I like it.
0: And as per usual, we get this beautiful setup for switching scenes where Chloe at the very end says well luckily she is Max type and immediately we get Lucifer knocking on his door.
1: And instantly I have a complaint. Mm-hmm. Why does Lucifer want to hang with Mac?
0: The answer is very simple. He feels like if he's gonna hang with in his mind top hats or cool people he will get cooler and he will get back to his lifestyle. Which honestly with his entire behavior this episode it makes absolute sense to me.
1: Yeah, and it still annoys me, just like it annoyed me in all the other instances in this episode.
0: That is fair enough. So we actually get to see Chloe being better at flirting, which, shocking, right? After the fiasco that she pulled off at the party. But, you know, whatever. But then they make a remark to something that we both made a note of at the very beginning, and that is the fact that with the amount of art of his own face, he's completely douchebag and clearly he is the he has issues he is not innocent let's put it
1: that way he has issues you don't have yeah. to be a murderer just because you have pictures of yourself but but there is in something that size wrong with you. you have issues
0: in yes in that that extent but then we have both of our favorite joke of the entire episode and that
1: is when lucifer says that he really puts the dumb in a dumbbell i love it so much that he actually hit it in the fireplace and the joke is really really good and then this scene comes to such an obvious conclusion that I was actually really annoyed with Lucifer throwing the head at him and him dropping the gun it was but just that's
0: kind of the whole point though because Lucifer says he is a shoe and that makes him predictable and therefore he predicts that this is the way to get him to drop the gun Yeah, but he's
1: not a shoe and he's right he he's... is such a shoe No, he's an... He's a shoe pretending to be a top hat. He's a narcissist. He's not a shoe. He's a narcissist. Doesn't
0: mean that he's not a shoe. It's the same as Lucifer this episode. Lucifer is desperately trying to pretend to be a top hat, but in fact, he is a shoe.
1: No, he's also not a shoe. Yeah, if we we start this argument now, we're going to be here for two more hours, I fear. It's just I feel
0: like We are both explaining The, the same slash top Hand metaphor in a different
1: way What? Whenever did that happen? No idea how you come to think That. So we have now Finally resolved the Case of the week and So we get to move on with More interesting parts Of this week's storyline and I did not expect us to see A therapy session this episode So I was very appreciative when we got one i mean how much of a therapist session is it really but still we get it and in that session lucifer asks linda how she's doing which i did not expect and i really like it
0: as it starts it could be considered a session to me it was especially because of this moment and the way that they share a drink at the end of it it's more of like a hangout with a friend catching up with a friend rather than an actual session
1: and he also now shows that he really cares About Linda. Yeah, 100%. So this is character progression that I like. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say it once more for the people in the back row. You do not change people from straight to gay. Oscar Wilde was not straight when he met him. And I went into this before, so I'm not going to go into it in detail again. But I'm over it. And having the same... Joke twice in the same episode rings extremely tone deaf to me. See, to me, I appreciate the callback. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. It's harmful. It's horrible. Don't. To me, this scene was actually
0: very positive regarding the last thing. Aside from that, it's great. It actually helped me a lot to accept Lucifer's storyline and I was feeling pretty good. So when we now moved on to the precinct, to me, the most important thing was... Okay, so you've fixed Lucifer and my issues with Lucifer. Let's try to fix Ella's issues that I've had this episode. And for a little moment there, I was extremely happy because it feels like Ella is finally being herself and starts talking to Charlotte about being good takes practice. And yes, it does, of course. Everything takes practice. Nothing just comes to you without anything, with any work whatsoever. And the fact that Charlotte comes to Ella and admits the theft to her also works really well for me. But then, then Ella was doing so well. And she is so willing to help before she realizes that charlotte would be around more and then suddenly she takes a step back and it was kind of like it wasn't so bad but it was kind of getting back borderline to my issue that i had before but the bonus of that the positive side of that is charlotte's gonna be around more
1: now and also, the most important part about this, I was right. Charlotte is going to be a DA. Oh, yeah. You were right. Yay. Ha! Call it. Yeah, for me, this scene did not put me in peace with Ella's behavior at all. Not even a little bit. So I'm still, why is Ella this way with Charlotte? But mm-hmm. I was right. Charlotte's going to be a DA and we're going to get more Charlotte. So I'm happy. We go to the penultimate scene, which is very short and I only have to say, Chloe is a good mom and Trixie is a very perceptive child, once again. Of course, there is really
0: nothing surprising about this scene in the end. We get kind of a summary of what we've been talking about before. It's good to be yourself. You really should be yourself.
1: And then we go into the final scene. I am fully aware that I have been an advocate of Lucifer's lifestyle. But I am only an advocate of this lifestyle as long as it makes you genuinely happy. And Lucifer in this scene does not seem to be happy by continuing this lifestyle. And I don't understand why he feels the need to continue with random one-eyed stands if all he actually wants is game night, face paint, family time with Chloe and Trixie. I do not understand why he is keeping up appearances and denying himself. I think the
0: answer to this actually is very simple.
1: We are afraid of change he's an idiot
0: (laughs) sorry well yeah but no I am personally very much on board with this in a sense of I understand how difficult accepting anything that's not like... Like something that you became to rely on about yourself. Something that you want to be. Something that you've spent millennia building up. It's really difficult to admit to yourself that this is not who you really are. And he wants to be that. He doesn't want to admit to himself that there's anything else but his own lifestyle. He hates change. Why? Why does Lucifer hate change? Because he's afraid. It, this is all about fear. This is all about of fear of being manipulated and being exposed to anything that would be vulnerable for him. Any vulnerable position.
1: So is this still connected to anything he might want in relation to Chloe is only manipulated by God because God helped Chloe. Chloe come into being by granting the miracle to Penelope Decker.
0: I am convinced that at least partially it is, yes. And partially it is about himself directly.
1: I don't have an issue accepting the part with, okay, he's still like convinced anything to do with Chloe is part of God's manipulation. But I don't understand why Lucifer as a character would be afraid of change. When he is the embodiment of... Rebellion. And what is rebellion if not change?
0: We're gonna end up this scene with the last song of the episode that we get as Lucifer is walking away towards his bedroom and it's called Legend and it is by The Score. Because he's a legend who is about The Score. Wow, that's so bad. Very. He is actually playing the riff of the song on the piano in kind of a jazzy way and then the actual starts playing. That's which nice. Is, it's really lovely, yes. So on that happy note, I'm gonna... Because I feel like we're not gonna solve this because it's just like... I am just feel like I am keep trying to repeat the same thing over and over and you keep trying to repeat the same thing over and over and we're just not finding any compromise. Compromise just
1: means everyone's unhappy.
0: (laughs) Not necessarily true. But I'm just gonna tell you how I feel about the entire episode because I'm sure that you're gonna have some notes on that yourself. What? I am very much horn, because there is so many amazing elements to this. However, there is a few really fundamental things that we've talked about that made me really angry. The whole Ella issue, she literally will help anybody except for Charlotte. And we're talking about the same person who thinks that Pierce is absolutely amazing and the nicest guy ever. That's just rubbing me the wrong way. That was probably the biggest thing. And we've talked about all the other issues during the episode so I'm just gonna let them go and I'm gonna concentrate on the positives and that is that we have this amazing conversation between Linda and Amenadiel and Linda and Lucifer and I mean Linda really is the brightest star of this episode for me next to Trixie but Linda gets more of the speaking time so it's probably we do get Chloe in absolutely stunning outfits as I mentioned before and we get a promise of having more Charlotte
1: around which I am absolutely happy with we also get
0: a promise of Pierce coming back next Next week, But I'm gonna pretend I didn't hear that.
1: I pretty much agree with everything you said. It's bottom line an okay episode. It was for me mostly confusing. I did not understand several characters' behavior and where it was coming from or directions. Mostly, as I repeatedly said, Lucifer's interaction with the family and the game night and explicitly and mostly and horribly Ella's deep refusal to help Charlotte. It makes no sense. On the other hand, it had deeply hilarious moments. We finally get a proper tie-in of Charlotte with the main cast. Linda made great progress. Even if she only had four extremely short scenes, she really shined. And Amanatiel is growing on me. Like, by a lot. And then on the third hand, haha, because three heads, we have exactly zero metaplot progression. Again? <laughs> Ella dropped the hint that Pierce is gonna be back in a week. So I assume next week it's gonna be different. But this episode is basically a filler episode possibly and with this we say thank you for listening if you are curious find us on the various social medias we love interacting with you either over there or when you send us emails to lucifer at taot minus podcast Com.
0: If you want to get even more personal and have secret chats with us on our exclusive Discord server, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. We have a whole bunch of different rewards from early release to hours of bonus content. Yes, hours.
1: If that sounds like too much pressure, you can help the show by leaving positive iTunes reviews. They really, really help. Or telling all your friends about us, because nothing beats a personal recommendation. Thank you! you. Bye. Bye!